Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, good morning, Calvary. I'm thankful for the opportunity to share with you this morning. Pastor Chad and Rhonda are out this week. Uh, they were able to get away for a week, and we'll be back next Sunday. Uh, today, I've titled my message, Let's Go Fishing. Yes. How many of you like to go fishing? Raise your hand. Look at all the fishermen people in here. Yes, you love to go fishing. You like to do it. My family and I were able to take a vacation uh, this summer in July, and uh, we went to a new area that we've never been on vacation before. And uh, while we were down there, uh, my girls decided, hey, Dad, let's go fishing. They wanted to go fishing and kept talking about it. And so the good dad that I am, I decided, hey, I'll take you fishing. Let's go do this. But I have to admit to you, I was nervous to take them fishing because I've never fished this area before. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even know what kind of bait they used there. I didn't know what kind of fish we'd be catching, all these things, and didn't even know if I would even catch a fish, you know? And you know how you've been on a fish trip? It's boring if you're not catching any fish, right? And so my, my, my thing was I'm praying, God, let my girls catch a fish. Just let them catch a fish. So we get to the pier where we're going to be fishing at, got our poles, and uh, went out to our spot. And uh, my rule is, hey, if you're going to fish, you bait your own hook. I'm not doing that for you. And so they baited their hooks and uh, cast out. And I told them, now, this is the fun part, girls. You have to wait. You have to sit here and wait. And they kind of looked at me like, Dad, you are crazy. We're not just going to sit here and wait. And they waited for a little bit, but I think they started to get a little impatient. See, what they started to do, they started to reel that back in check their bait, cast it back out, reel it back in, cast it back out. And I'm thinking, oh, they're never going to catch any fish. It's no way. To finally, my oldest daughter, Caitlin, caught a fish. And this is what she caught. We have this picture. Of the, not the, right there it is. Sorry. Yeah. So she got it. Yeah. I don't know what kind of fish it was. But she caught this fish, and she was happy. So Lauren, my other daughter, was with us. She was casting and still reeling it in, fishing and waiting. And finally, she caught this big one. Go ahead and take a look at this one. <laughs> she loved it. She finally caught her fish, and it was a big one. You know, and it was funny because they were all saying, Dad, look how cute they are. Look how cute this fish is. And I'm thinking, baby, that's just bait. Throw that bang back in there so we can catch some more fish. But as they continued to fish, you know, a little bit of time went by, and they got a little bored. They said, Dad, we're hungry. Let's go get lunch. Let's go to the beach. Let's come back fishing later. And as we went to lunch, I was reminded of Jesus and his fishing, his fishing experience. Today, I want to talk to you about a whole different way to fish if you have your Bibles, will you turn with me to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18? Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into a lake, for they were fishermen. To give you some background here, casting a net describes a customary form of fishing. The cast a net 
was used by single fishermen, either by standing in a, a boat or in shallow water. Now, this net they used was a, was a circular net about 20 to 25 feet in diameter, and it had all these sinkers on the outer edge of the net. And they would throw the net out, and the net would pull down like a parachute, finally sinking to the bottom where the fish would be trapped inside. And then the fishermen would dive down to the net and pull out the trapped fish one by one and put it in a pouch. Or they would take the net and grab the edges and just pull it up to the top and bring it back to the surface. Picking back up in Matthew, I want to I look at verse, uh, ver another verse there. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19 says, Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. In the book, Luke, we see the same thing happen. Luke chapter 5, verse 10. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Jesus was telling them, you have been fishing for fish, but now I'm going to make you fishermen of people. And the same thing that Jesus said to his disciples over 2,000 years ago, he's still saying to you and me today. He's saying, I want you to be fishermen of men. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of people. Go fish for people. And when we begin to follow Jesus, the great focus and desires of our lives start to shift. It'll no longer be about money, power, popularity, and promotions. And there's nothing wrong with these things if God blesses you with those things. But when we follow Jesus, our desires shift. And those things are no longer our great focus of life. Now our focus becomes, I know I'm called to fish for people. We are called to fish for people. And what happens sometimes when we bring up the subject of fishing for people or the subject of evangelism, people have all types of thoughts or feelings start to take place. And right now, some of you are having these thoughts too, and these feelings are starting to take place. Some of you might be sitting here right now thinking, oh no, he's going to have us go door to door this week, <laughs> knocking on the door of people and saying, come to church. Some of you might have this picture in your mind, he's going to be having a stand outside a football stadium or the Mudhen Stadium with a megaphone telling people they need to get right with God. And that's not what I'm talking about. When I say we need to be fishing for people, that's not it. Some of you might be thinking, Pastor, that's awesome. I love Jesus, but that really isn't for me. I'm just going to keep my faith to myself. Because if I get in a conversation with someone about my faith, there's no way I can win. There's no way I can convert them because I don't know enough about the Bible. Listen, church, I get all that. I was there one time, afraid to talk about my faith, afraid to go into work, say something to people I work with about my faith because I'm afraid of what they would say or not knowing enough about the Bible. But I want to do, what I want to do today is I want to help ease your tension and your feelings on this. I want to be able to equip you to fish for people. See, you're called to be a fisherman of people. And all of us are called to be the, the fishermen. Every spring, I love running down to the Maumee River 
not the fish, but just to watch. I love driving by, and I see thousands of people down there. And it's crazy that everybody goes down there, and they're standing shoulder to shoulder to fish. Or there's even the boats out there fishing. People, people make their way out before they go to work to fish. Or they'll take their lunch break and go down there to fish. Or even on the way home from work, they'll stop down the river to fish. Why? Because it's prime fishing season. They want to get their limit. And I feel like with summer winding down, and I don't like to say that, summer's winding down. We are in prime fishing season. School is back in. Vacations are coming to an end. Your coworkers, you know, who might have been out a lot through the summertime, are coming, making their way back. Your neighbors are starting to come back around. And I feel right now it's time we need to learn how to fish for people. All of us have family members, coworkers, neighbors, or people at our schools who need to know Jesus as their personal savior. It's prime fishing season. But here's the reality. A lot of us don't want to fish. And there's a lot of reasons why we don't want to fish. And we have to remember God's word tells us to follow me and I'll make you fisher of people. So why then are there so many of us who don't fish for people? Today, let me give you three reasons why we don't fish for people. Three reasons why we don't fish for people. Number one, people don't know they're supposed to fish. People don't know they're supposed to fish. The day when Peter and the disciples were fishing, Jesus came up to them and talked to them. They had no clue they were called to fish for people. And some of us are just like Peter. We didn't know they were supposed to fish for people. You're thinking, say what? Pastor, that's not my job. That's your job. You go ahead and fish for people. I have a full-time job, Pastor. I don't got time. Or when I come home, I'm just too tired. That's your job. But I want you to understand this. Every Christian is called to do two things. Two things. Follow Jesus and fish for people. We are called to follow Jesus and fish for people. Found people, find people. Number two, people don't know how to fish. Some of you are thinking, I like to fish, but I have no clue how to fish. I don't know what to do, what to say. I wouldn't even know where to start. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. He said, come follow me, Jesus said, and I'll make you fishers of men. Notice those words, I will make you. Jesus is saying, I'm going to make you. I'm going to equip you. I want to show you how. And today, that's what I want to do with you. I want to be able to show you how. I want to be able to equip you. Scripture gives us all those things to be able to equip us to go out and fish for people. The third reason why people don't fish for people is this. People are scared to fish. We're scared to fish. Luke chapter 5, verse 10. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And the reality is this. 
We don't want to admit it, but we're scared to fish for people. I'm tired. I don't know what to say. My faith is private. I don't want to be one of those crazy Christians. What happens if I bring up my faith and I mess up? What happens if I get rejected by people? So many people have the fear of fishing that we just don't do it. And we need to change that. Today I want to change all that, all that negative thinking that we have about fishing and give you four reasons why we need to fish for people. Number one is this. Fishing is a commandment. Fishing is a commandment. When we give our life to Jesus, our goal should be to follow Jesus. And over the years, I've watched people that come and say, okay, you know what? I'm in a point in my life where I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to come into my heart, wash away my sins. But here's the deal, Jesus. I'm going to do all that, but I'm going to live my life my way. I'm going to do things my way. And that's not how it works. Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make you fisher of people. That wasn't a suggestion. It was a commandment. Jesus is saying, I want fishing to be the mission of your life. Fishing should be the mission of our life. We call it the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He's telling us to go out. Go out into the world and do what? Fish. Fish for people. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. John 17, 18, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Luke chapter 10, verse 2, he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Jesus said, the harvest is great, it's plentiful, but I just don't have enough workers who will go fish for people. The harvest is great. I just don't have enough workers. Church, the gravitation pull for all of us is inward. It's an inward pull, and we get caught up and do what is just best for us, and we can't just let that happen. Listen to this. We don't have a hardened sinner problem. We have an uncommitted Christian problem. Let me say that again. We don't have a hardened sinner problem. We have an uncommitted Christian problem. Jesus said, don't blame it on the sinner. They're lost. He said, the harvest is great. It's plentiful. But here's the real issue. I just don't have enough workers. I just don't have enough workers who are willing to go out and share their faith. Enough workers are willing to go out into the world. Oh, enough workers are going to be a city on top of a hill that lets its light shine. And when I sit back, and when we sit back and question, can I really do this? Can I really be that fisherman that God wants me to be? We have to remember what Acts chapter, chapter 1, verse 8 says. It says, but will you receive power, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of earth. Look, Jesus gives us the power of the Holy Spirit so we can go into the world 
and be a witness for him. All we got to do is ask. And he's going to give us that. He's going to give us that power to go out. Remember, the harvest is full. I just don't have enough workers. Number two, why we need to fish for people. Fishing is necessary. Fishing isn't a game. It's not a church growth strategy. Fishing isn't about a church getting larger. This isn't why I'm talking about fishing today. Let me tell you what fishing is about. There's a real heaven and a hell. And people will spend eternally in one of those places. And a great deal where people spend eternally depends on how well we fish for people. There's a real heaven and hell. And people will spend eternally in one of these places. And it depends how well we fish for people where they'll spend that eternity. He's telling us to go. Go fish for people. Luke chapter 5, verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in deep water and let down the nets for a catch. God wants us to go to the deep. And we all know the deeper the water, the darker it gets. We've all seen Shark Week. <laughs> right? Shark Week, they go keep going deeper and deeper to get those sharks. And I'm sitting there watching like, oh my goodness, look how dark the water is. There's no way I'm going to be in that water. But I'm reminded, God has called us to reach people in dark places. There's no one out of God's reach. We need to be willing to go in those dark places to reach people for God. The only way we can get light in those dark places is by us going into those places. God has called us to be his hands and feet. He empowers us to take the good news and the message of salvation to the world. Romans chapter 10 Verses 14 through 15. How then, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are, they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Some of you are really good at this. You're really good at telling people about your faith. Some of us are so good at it, you don't even have to tell people about the faith because your actions, your light, shows some, there's something different about you. And people want that, and so they ask the questions. Some of you are so good at inviting people to church. Then there's some of us, we never invite people to church. Or we just don't share our faith. And I think this is what happens. We get so focused on the wrong things, we forget this, that there's 243,000 people that live in the Toledo area. 243,000 people. And right around 150,000 of those people who are unchurched. 150,000 people. The unchurched number is what we need to focus on. 150,000 people who haven't experienced a church service. 150,000 people who haven't experienced worship. Man, our worship this morning was awesome. 150,000 people need to experience that. 150,000 people who haven't had a chance to accept Jesus. That's one of our mission fields. 
have to make that our mission field. See, here at Calvary, we do what we call Love the 419. And many of you have been a part of that. And we do that because we love our community. We want to love our community and help people and show people about Jesus. But, but I, want, I want us to think about this for a second. We don't have to wait for Leah to give us a shirt that says love the 419 to love the 419. We don't need Leah to sit up for us to go into a school to love that school. See, we're called to be fishermen and men, so guess what? We gotta love the people in our neighborhood. We gotta go into our schools, adopt a school in our community. We gotta be able to go into our workplace and love people that way. Don't wait for Leah to give you a shirt to do it. Go and do it. Fishing is necessary. We are called. We are born to fish. Number three, fishing is our responsibility. Fishing is our responsibility. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, for when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, since I'm compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Paul knew he had a responsibility to fish for people. He knew he was called to fish. Some translations say it like this, Woe to me or woe unto me if I don't fish for people. I know I have a responsibility. Paul understood that. And church, just like Paul, we all have a responsibility to fish for people. I want to share this with you. Uh, this week I was always studying and looking at some commentaries. Uh, they kept referring to this reference in Ezekiel that they thought Paul kept uh, referring to. And I want to read this uh, passage to you today. Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 7 through 9. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you wicked person, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dislude them from their ways, that wicked person will die for their sin, and I'll hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the wicked person to turn away from their sins, and they do not do so, they will die for their sin, though you yourself will be saved. I want you to understand this. You are a watchman. Every single one of you are a watchman. There's a certain people God has called you to reach. God has called you to reach certain people, and you are a watchman. You're a watchman over your family. People at your workplace. Oh, no, not my workplace. <laughs> Pastor, you just don't get it. You don't know that guy that I got to deal with every day, the way he acts or that lady or whatever, or this is the atmosphere I work in. Yeah, I understand that. I've been there before. But guess what? You're called to be a watchman at your workplace. You're a watchman over your neighbors. You're a watchman over the people who your kids might be playing sports with. If you're a student here today, you're a watchman over your other students, your fellow students. See, we got to feel the same responsibility that Paul had. How terrible is that we have this good news about Jesus and we never share it with anyone? We have a responsibility. Let me ask you right now, how many of you are praying for somebody that you know that needs to come to know the Lord right now? Raise your hand. Look at all the hands up. Guess what? You're a watchman over that person. You're praying for that person. You're a watchman. 
Number four, fishing is rewarding. It's so exciting to fish, so exciting to catch fish. That day I took my girls fishing. They were, we were on this long pier, and at the very end of the pier was these big guys, I should say the big dogs. They, they thought they knew all about fishing. They had these big poles, and they, they, had, they were serious down there. And uh, they were fishing, and we were just down a little bit, uh, a few feet down from them. And next thing you know, you hear this guy screaming. And I thought someone fell in, you know. And he's screaming, he's jumping up and down. And then you hear him say, I got a big one. And I, when I looked, this fish was jumping out of water. He hooked a big fish. And it took him 45 minutes to reel this fish in. While he's reeling it in, he is happy. He's, he's over there saying all kinds of things. Oh, my goodness, I waited so long to catch this big fish. I'm so excited. Oh, hallelujah, thank you. And he, as the fish got close to the pier, he had some buddies that helped him. And they reached down, and they hooked the fish and got it up on the, on the pier. And as soon as it got up on the pier, he yelled, Thank you, Jesus in heaven, for allowing me to catch my fish. <laughs> yeah, this guy was praising Jesus. He was happy. Then he started going around giving people high fives, and he had a little strut on the pier. He was walking. He had the strut. like He was the big guy and giving people high fives. And it was so cool for me to watch this and fun to watch because everybody on the pier, you know what they were thinking? Oh, I'm going to catch the next big fish. If he caught one, there's another one out there. He even had my daughters believing they were going to catch the next big fish. They even asked, Dad, what are you going to do when I catch a big fish? I just chuckled, yeah. It's exciting to catch fish. It's rewarding. And let me tell you, there's nothing more exciting as a Christian when you know you played a role in somebody's salvation. There's nothing more exciting than you played a role in someone being able to spend eternity in heaven. There's nothing more exciting than that. There's nothing more rewarding. Wouldn't it be cool if one of us were able to come up a cure for a disease that would heal a disease? Wouldn't that be cool? But maybe we, catch, we find out this cure and we have it and we never share it. We never allow anybody to be cured from their sickness because we didn't want to share it. In church, we have a cure for we have the cure for spiritual poverty, we have the cure for addictions, we have the cure for sin, we have the cure for bondage, we have the cure for emptiness, we have the cure for people who are lost and confused, and the cure is his name is Jesus Christ, and he's your Lord and Savior. He forgives sins. He heals the brokenhearted. And we have the answer, and we need to share it. There's people out there that are empty. They're broken. They're looking for a cure. And we're too busy doing this. We are called to be fishermen, we're called to give people the cure. And there's nothing like seeing somebody who's broken and they're lost and confused and doing all kinds of crazy things and we're able to offer them Jesus Christ. 
to watch them make this commitment. There's nothing more rewarding. Luke chapter 15, verse 7 says, I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not repent. The thing that God throws a party for in heaven is this, and the angels run around and giving high fives for is one. They get excited for one, just one. When one lost person says, I give my life to you, Jesus, there's a party in heaven. There's nothing more rewarding than seeing people come to Christ and knowing you played a part in it. So how do we do this? How do we have this happen? I believe we gotta start casting our nets. On this fishing trip we went on with my girls, we went back at night. And right away, Caitlin drops her reel into the water, not she casts out, she say, cast out her, and she starts catching fish right away. Her sister Lauren is watching her bring in these fish right after another, boom, boom. And Caitlin was all sweet about, oh, look, I caught another fish. But Lauren was like, every time. And Lauren would move around the pier, keep dropping her, her, her anchor and saying, okay, look, I'm gonna catch a fish. Finally, till she caught one. She didn't give up. And that's where some of us are at right now. We've been casting this little net like this. I'm just gonna do it just a little bit. But we're not catching anything. You might have caught something one time, but it's been a long time. Remember, there's 150,000 people in the Toledo area that's unchurched. This net's not gonna get it done. We need to go out and we need to grab ourselves a big net and we need to start fishing. We need to grab our net and say, look, this is my net. I'm gonna expand it and I'm gonna just keep reaching for people. And if I'm not catching people here, that's all right. I'm gonna move over here now and I'm gonna try to drop my net here and catch people. That's what God's calling us to do. And you say, hey, pastor, my net is big and I'm still not catching people. Well, maybe you need to do what the disciples were doing when Jesus came up onto them. They were preparing their nets for the next day. They were looking at them and making sure they're fixing them. Maybe you have a hole in your net right now and you need to fix that hole. You need to say, okay, I gotta, I gotta go back in here and fix this. And as soon as you fix it, you gotta cast that net. 150,000 people in Toledo who don't know Jesus. That's our mission, Phil. Some of you might be saying, Pastor, man, I've been trying for a long time. There's somebody in my family or a coworker that I've known for a long time, and I keep telling them to invite them to church. I keep trying. Don't stop. Let me tell you why you don't stop. My dad, who just turned 63 years old, for 23 years, I've been a Christian. For 23 years, I've been talking to my dad and mom about Jesus. For 23 years, I invite them to church. They'll come here and there. But for 23 years, I have watched my dad kind of say these things. Man, if I go in that church, the roof's going to cave in. And we've heard that story. We've heard that from people, right? Like, Dad, let it cave in. Come on. Come on in. 
This last year, my dad got a health scare and I was right there with my dad to take him to the Cleveland Clinic, have his surgery. I was right there when my dad got the clean bill of health and say, hey, you are cured right now. There's nothing there. I was right there driving with my dad when he said these words to me. Son, you've always talked to me about prayer and Jesus. I've never really believed it to John. To just now, there is a God and I've been praying. And what is my next step? I was able to lead my dad to Christ driving to Cleveland. Yeah. 23 years, 63 years of his life on church. That's why we got to keep taking those nets and reaching out. Keep reaching and saying, okay, I'm not going to give up on you. And we have to remember, we are called to be fishermen. We're fishermen of people. It's time to go fishing. Who's ready to go fishing? I'm going to ask you right this time just to close your eyes. You're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor? There's somebody I've been praying for for a long time, trying to reach them to have a relationship with Christ. Can you pray for them today? If that's you today. Can you just raise your hand? Say, man, I've just been, I've been, there's somebody in my life. Okay, tons of hands up everywhere. Okay, maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor? Thank you for today. I'm reminded I'm a fisherman and I'm ready to go fishing. Pray for me today as I walk out that I can be that fisherman. If that is you today, raise your hand. You say, I'm ready to go fishing. Let's go fishing. Let's pray today. Father, I thank you for today. And thank you for your word. And God, the hands that went up today of praying for somebody that they know that needs to come to know you. God, you know their heart. You know their names. So God, I pray right now that you soften their hearts. That God, you put people in their lives that would be a light to them and let them see that, man, my life would be better if I have a relationship with you. So God, we just pray that this would be the year that there would be many people that will come to know you. God, we pray for the city of Toledo that has 150,000 people who are unchurched. God, we pray for a revival to happen in Toledo, God, that there's, there's this awakening of people coming to you, God. And God, I pray for everybody who raised their hand today and says, look, I'm ready to go fishing. God, you give them the power. God, give them the wisdom, the words they need. God, give them the strength because there's times that we just, we're just tired and we don't have the strength to fish. God, give them the energy that they need. And God, we look forward to bringing people to your kingdom for you, God. Use us in a mighty way. Let us be a light for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, church, for allowing me to share with you this week. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.